welcome to the Future of Supply Chain podcast, where we explore strategies and insights to supply chain operations and inventory planning. Join us as we talk to the brightest minds in the supply chain planning and operations space to bring you industry-leading knowledge. We'll uncover what's working in the retail space and explore solutions to common inventory challenges. And most importantly, we'll cover what the future of supply chain holds, a future that is in our very own hands. I'm your host, Divya Bade from Fuse Inventory, a female-founded inventory planning software powering the future of commerce. Supply chain has often been viewed solely as an operational function, unlike its strategically creative counterpart, marketing. But now more than ever, the focus is clear and supply chain has become a hot topic in strategic decision-making. With over 75% of businesses impacted by COVID-19, supply chains everywhere are being assessed for their strength and resiliency to future threats. What were once strategies reserved for the big players are now making headlines for their importance in strengthening retailers of all sizes. In today's episode, I want to talk about what these five strategies are and how you can keep up with them. The first one I want to cover is localization, which is also known as reshoring. Efforts to reshore production have been underway really over the past few years as global threats have increasingly emerged. Often criticized for the high costs or lack of competencies, localization has struggled to become a norm without the aid of government incentives. Though in many cases, the benefits of such a strategy could outweigh the costs. For starters, the reduction in lead time can have a tremendous impact on cash flow. When it comes to meeting customer demand, time is of the essence. Every minute preceding actualization of demand has an increasing effect on demand volatility. Meaning, you are less accurate ordering inventory six months ahead of sale than you are six weeks ahead. This expanse of time increases the risk of inaccuracy, the result of which can be an excess or shortage of inventory. In the case of excess, environments are negatively affected with the byproduct of unnecessary transportation emissions, or worse, disposal of inventory. This has actually made headlines in the last few years with major companies like Burberry, H&M, Victoria's Secret, and many more receiving backlash for their wasteful and toxic disposal of inventory. It's been said that fashion is the second largest polluting industry in the world behind oil. And so excess goods often face criticism beyond their lack of liquidity, which is more of an internal issue. With alignment to demand, businesses can improve the profitability from full price sales and return on investment in a timely manner. Otherwise, retailers must take discounting action to release the cash tied up in these assets, a practice that is difficult to wean off of. Once you train the customer to shop discounted pricing, it's difficult to get them to pay full price again. And the shortening of lead times really goes beyond the benefit of finished goods. Localization can allow for timely repurposing of components and materials in production. With the ability to bring ideas and resources together, businesses can react quickly with more control and flexibility. And then, of course, there is the economic benefit also seen as social responsibility. Increasing the local workforce and skills creates a sense of brand equity, which in some cases can be a competitive advantage. Combined with the ability to curtail cross-border challenges like custom delays or global crises, reshoring really is an attractive option. Now, you must be wondering about the obvious concern, which is the typically higher costs associated as labor in other countries is much more affordable for those in the U.S. and other countries. But you have to ask yourself, at what cost is it worthwhile to forego the insights that come with time? Luckily, you don't have to think too hard, as there's actually a calculator that exists to solve this very question. 
A friend of ours at Fuse and professor and co-editor-in-chief of the Journal of Operations Management, Suzanne de Treville, made it her objective to make decision tools available to aid those in the cost analysis of localization. The Cost Differential Frontier Calculator, also known as CDF, is a public tool available to understand the pivot point of cost-benefit. The calculator helps answer the question, how much cheaper does a long lead time supplier have to be to compensate for the increase in demand volatility? It was released during the Obama administration by Chief Economist Suzanne Helper and was deemed the missing puzzle piece. With a 100% success rate, Suzanne and her team argue the benefit of reduced costs overseas as they don't take into account the additional components of landed costs, nor the relative risk exposure. According to Suzanne, we make things we don't need and put them in a landfill, but because we use a green factory, we call it sustainable. This is wrong. There are a handful of brands who changed the course of their supply chain over recent years with localization. Like all good things, it is an initiative that takes time. While this is top of mind for many, it is likely that the change will be slow as the global and local economy work their way to recovery. The second supply chain strategy I want to talk about is utilizing open capacity. Production capacity, or the daily output of manufacturing, has often been observed as a constraint rather than a strategic play. Supply chain leaders are taking a cue from Suzanne, who believes it's going back to this idea of how do we hold capacity instead of inventory? Because if we hold capacity, then we make what we need and you can be very responsive. Those with large buying power and vast supply chains like fast fashion retailer H&M have innovated the use of their excess capacity. The mega retailer announced earlier this year their pilot initiative called Treadler, a subsidiary of H&M, aimed to guide small businesses through the product lifecycle, developing sourcing, production, and logistics. In exchange for a brand's use of H&M's supply chain, H&M will be able to expose itself to data, new trends, and greater sustainability efforts. A win-win for everyone involved and perhaps a way to future-proof the fashion industry. Aside from programs like Treadler, there are other ways similar companies can utilize their open capacity and gain buying power. Partnering with non-competitive brands with similar raw material or finished goods can benefit both supply chains. Combining production with a partnering business or sharing incompetencies can position one as a larger player in production. But if partnering feels like risky business, brands can work towards building their own economies of scale. A cost-benefit analysis on full-capacity production against usage can help determine if there are cases where one can bulk order with limited liability to take advantage of surplus costing and manufacturing. Even more beneficial is the ability to vertically integrate a supply chain. The less third parties involved, the greater control a small brand has over its manufacturing. The third thing I want to talk about is reusing materials. Internet searches for sustainable fashion have tripled since 2016, signifying the consumer shift to demanding more from their purchases. Further supported by the growth of rental companies like Rent the Runway or resellers like The Real Real, the reuse of materials has gained popularity as the next wave of sustainability. Companies like Nike, H&M, Adidas, and Zara have all made commitments to the use of 100% sustainable materials by the end of this decade. Some big players are even progressing towards reducing prices of sustainable options, which are typically priced at a premium. The intent is to make sustainable goods more available to the vast public at a price everyone can participate in. While everything needs a source, the goal, as stated by Nina Marenzi, founder and director of The Sustainable Angle, 
is a matter of how long the resource can stay in the cycle with the least amount of impact from extracting and processing. With recent bans on the destruction of unsold goods and social criticism increasing, it is only a matter of time before these efforts become the new norm. The fourth supply chain trend that is newly emerging is seasonless production. With the current pandemic causing shifts in retail calendars and resellers advantageously acquiring excess goods at a discount, the concept of retail seasons is being challenged. Originating in Europe, fashion seasons were aligned to weather patterns in the Northern Hemisphere. But as luxury markets grow in warmer climates, consumers increasingly find these patterns out of sync with local needs. Moreover, as travel becomes a more attainable luxury, there is less of a need to follow a strict timeline. Prior to the current global restrictions, people were jet-setting all times of the year. How many times have you seen people posting beach pics in the middle of December? While travel will likely take a hit in the near future, the timing will remain out of sync with traditional seasons, thus signifying lack of need to release products according to local weather patterns. And climates aside, a key benefactor of the seasonal timeline has traditionally been department stores and off-price retailers. But with department stores demand dwindling and excess inventory being the object of criticism, this demand is likely to decrease in the coming years. Evergreen collections are growing in popularity to offset end-of-season discounting and provide product longevity for a brand. As these retailers gain insights from their consumer base, targeted small collections curated to their needs rather than the climate will likely become the new norm. What this means for supply chain is the ability to be free from competitive constraints. Small brands looking for swimmer production in the fall will no longer be lost in a sea of retail giants with large buying power. Small tailored collections will be able to foster true artisanship, moving away from large-scale production in excess. And finally, the last trend I want to cover is immediacy. Retail giants like Amazon and Walmart have set expectations of delivery times as short as just a few hours. In current times with family sheltering at home, delivery will likely be a new norm as a result of heightened safety precautions. With this new behavior, the need for immediacy will increase. Staying competitive and delivery speed will help maintain stickiness and demand for brands as habits change and the economy recovers. The key to faster delivery times is shortening the distance between consumers and fulfillment centers with the appropriate products stocked. Beyond understanding consumer demand, brands need to strategically determine which products can be available for fast shipping and which cannot. Products that are in high demand and fit complementary to others are ideal candidates. Then the challenge becomes determining how many fulfillment locations are needed and where. A large company with a national footprint may need upwards of 16 locations. Even for large companies, this sort of infrastructure investment will require many resources and capital. Luckily, there are companies that use their existing distribution network to offer competitive shipping services. A quick Google search will help you figure out which one is right for you. So to recap, the five major trends in supply chain that are paving the future of the retail industry are localization or bringing production close to home, utilizing open capacity and reusing materials, seasonless production, and finally, immediacy. While shifts are underway for more sustainable, resilient supply chains, experts suggest it could be a few more years before the bulk of retailers latch on. One of the most immediate actions brands can take today is to move beyond ambitions onto transparency and action. Publishing roadmaps will hold players accountable for their sustainability efforts 
trend-setting the future of the industry. It's going to take a lot of retailers to tip the scale and pave the new norm for supply chain. With all great initiatives, it starts with having the right systems and processes in place. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Fuse Inventory, an inventory planning solution for the digital age. Fuse centralizes inventory sales and procurement data to generate a predictive forecast and inventory replenishment plan to help brands scale their supply chain. If you'd like to learn more, please visit FuseInventory.com or follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Plan less and do more with Fuse Inventory.